listening to episode 226 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at season two of the Showcase Netflix series, Travelers. How you doing, man? It is, what the hell day is it? Oh, it's Tuesday. God. Tuesday, the 5th of December. There you go. Approaching. And I still have a pine sap on my hands from the Christmas tree we just cut down. Uh, I don't think I saw any photographs on Facebook yet. What's up with that? Yeah, uh, we were just like really busy well, like, when we got home because it was like one of those things, like because of all the kids' schedules now, we don't even have time on the weekends to go. So I just saw today, like, you no, know, Sean wasn't working and, and, you know, no one had practice or anything. Well, Brendan had indoor track practice, but I told him, tell coach you can't go to practice. We're going to get a tree, you know. Just, so, just uh, leave out the part about going to get a tree. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's pretty fluid. Like, I mean, they, their indoor track team, I guess, is massive. And he's a pole vaulter, which I don't even know how you practice pole vaulting for an indoor track when you don't have, I, you don't have like a vaulting pit or anything. Um, yep. I understand. And, uh, so, so it's like, I figure if you miss one practice, you'll be okay. I think so. All right. Well, listen, uh, yeah. let me, I'll start off with so the pick pictures of should be forthcoming though. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, I'm going to start off with our pick of the week and mine is the history channels latest entry into the scripted historical drama pool. And it debuts this week and it's called nightfall and follows a band of Knights Templar as they attempt to recover the Holy Grail that was lost as they tried to escape with it when the Sultan's forces were overrunning their last stronghold at Accra. It's really good. I'm covering it for Den of Geeks, so I've already written up my review, which will, uh, by the time this podcast is released, it will already have been posted and it will have aired. Uh, a lot of actors from Downton Abbey are in it. There's a lot of action, intrigue, lust. Uh, I'm not ready to say it's better than vikings yet but it's definitely Whoa. well worth checking out vikings is awesome yeah so, so what uh what night is it on it is on before vikings oh, okay. or is it on after <laughs> it's on the same night i forget one of those things one of those <laughs> things um yeah you know as i'm fast forwarding through the commercials of vikings i, I see the you know the advertisements for nightfall it, it definitely looks intriguing um I might, uh, I might, I might take since since on your recommendation, I think I might uh, take a shot at it. Yeah, it's only ten episodes, unlike Vikings, which is twenty, ten and ten. They split it up always, but uh, yeah, it's worth checking out. I mean, again, I think the first episode will draw you in, and you know, if not, then what can I say? All right, what's your pick? Okay, well. Um, so I was thinking about, because we had two shows that I watched, uh, just, um, premiered this week with, uh, or last week, I should say agents of shield and Vikings, uh, both had strong starts, but I'm not really going to pick either of those. I'm just going to quick shout out to both of them. Maybe I'll make one of those my pick next week. What I really want to pick is we were talking about beforehand is my boys with expert hour on the river Hill website, new podcast about uh nfl fantasy picks it's great high school kids talking like uh experts that they are all right hey put a link on the so, uh, facebook group you know what the heck yeah but i don't know if like the facebook group is really into fantasy football ah, so what i guess i shouldn't I sh <laughs> but uh yeah it's these kids in my uh, journalism class who were just spending pretty much the entire period checking on their fantasy teams anyway. So I said, hey, guys, do you want to do a podcast about this? And their, their eyes lit up, and since then, they have been completely at it on their own. Like, they come in the class, they go to the studio, and they spend an hour and a half uh, recording, editing, all of this stuff. It's, it's great. It's great. And they're really good. They're funny. Uh, they're very, very knowledgeable, as I know, because they spend all day in school checking their fantasy teams. So they know their stuff. Uh, I like it. Cool. I, I, I told Tim, like, guys, you know what? I actually like listening to this, like listening to it, not just as I have to listen to it because I need to make sure you're not dropping any F-bombs or anything like that. Yep. So, all right, cool. All right. Well, before we get so, yeah. uh, into the podcast, 
proper. Want to remind you guys, love to hear from you. And we do have some listener feedback tonight. Emails at sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Go to the website and leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab. Record your own audio clip. Send us the MP3 if you'd like. Tweet us at sci-fi TV rewatch and encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. All right. So before we get to the feedback, I do have some big news that, that uh, you don't know about, but Uh-oh. I'm going to be interviewing Lindy Booth a.k.a. Cassandra Killian of the Librarians on Thursday. As, Get yeah, out of town. As part of the December Sci-Fi Fidelity podcast that you guys will be able to access through Den of Geek. And I'll certainly provide links when that interview is available. But yeah, I'll be interviewing her. We were, uh, you know, contacted by the Librarians rep. And, you know, who do you want? And I think initially... Michael said Christian Kane, and, you know, again, as I said, hey, it doesn't matter, any of those three, because I think we knew or else it was, you know, kind of uh, hinted at that, nah, you're not going to get uh, Eve or uh, Noah Wiley. So. You did not get Rebecca Romaine, Romaine right, or Noah. She has, like, a, a real name. That yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't think of it off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but anyway, so, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And well, the next time she comes crawling to us wanting to publicize something of hers, we'll, we'll probably totally do it. But, you know, we might make her feel bad yeah. slightly. Well, you know what I did Not notice happen, as I was doing some prep work? She's been in, like, five Christmas movies where she's – pretty much the lead character and then i think early in her career she was in a sixth christmas movie uh, so she wasn't the lead really? at that point but uh, when you think about it she she's perfect for those kind of hallmarkish christmas movies yeah so she's also perfect in the three x-men movies she was in too really did i just miss yeah. her yeah she was mystique oh no she wasn't yes she was really uh-huh Huh. In the original three. The, oh, okay. She's Mystique, man. All right. I'll believe you. So, Because they, you know how like, the new ones, um, they they have, oh, oh boy. <laughs> the the mocking Jay girl. <laughs> um, the, you know, they have her almost as much. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Woo. Uh, you know, like looking like a, you know regular person you know not in her her actual skin which is the blue mystique skin but uh the mystique of the first three movies is a older mystique who no longer cares for the trying to look human okay. uh, except for you know to achieve purposes so she's almost always in the blue skin so therefore not e- easily recognizable as uh, rebecca romaine Oh, you're talking about Rebecca Romaine. I thought you were talking about Lindy Booth. No, I said about Rebecca Romaine, oh, man. Oh, all right. Well, I guess I'm not listening. So Lindy Booth was in all You never listened to me. We were just talking about no, Rebecca Romaine, and then you said she. You're right. I think it's an unclear pronoun reference yeah, is what's I, going on. Yeah, okay. Here. I got you. All right. <laughs> it's, it's not me. It's you. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on. <laughs> move on let's from move there. on. All right. So, I can't believe I just talked about that for like five minutes. <laughs> we are talking about... Two different people. All right. Yeah, but they're Woo. both in the librarians. All right. Here All right. we go. All right. So we here heard we from Fred. on track. Yeah. We heard from Fred from the Netherlands who says, Dear Dave and Wayne, finally, I have the chance of giving you guys some feedback for one of your podcasts. I'm always too late or more accurately, far too late because I'm watching several old or semi-old series. Quite some time on my bike from and to work, I listen to your voices. And at the moment, for instance, I'm watching season one of Dark Angel, season two of Extant, Season three of Continuum, season two of Defiance, season four of Lost Girl, season one of Agent Carter, and season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Dude, we've got you covered Dang. on all of those between uh, uh, yeah. me and Wayne and, and me and Michael. So, you know, we'll have to hook you up with links if you don't already have them. But uh, he says, I started watching some of these series just because you guys were talking about them in one of your podcasts. So thanks a lot for that. Talking about Continuum, we, of course, see actress Jennifer Spence, who played Betty in this series as Grace. What a marvelous job she does in playing the most annoying role I've seen in a long, long time. Dude, (laughs) I agree with you. That was hilarious. (laughs) When he said that, that's funny. She really gets me agitated when she's being arrogant and ego-tripping again. The climax of this behavior was the remark she made in Episode 6 to Marcy, saying, You little power tripper. 
hey, hear who's saying this? I like the series yeah. a lot, especially the aspect of the completely different lives the members of the team have apart from their roles within the team. Gives the series a multi-view aspect, which I like. I'm very happy that they didn't go into an apocalyptic storyline like in Lost Ship, for instance. On the other hand, resolving a worldwide epidemic within one episode was a bit unlikely. Actually, yeah. I almost always hate time loop episodes. It always gives me the feeling that the production company was out of money, so episode seven was not my favorite, you can imagine. However, I like the 10-year anniversary thing and how Catherine gets more and more angry with Grant. I also liked seeing another continuum actor in this series, Stephen Lobo, playing Wakefield and Travelers and Matthew Kellogg in Continuum. And I very much appreciate your analysis of the time travel in the series as explained in your episode six podcast. It really helped me to understand it better. And this is also true for the use of the quantum frame. So thanks a lot for that. Keep up the good. No, not good. Marvelous work. Greetings and all the best. And, you know, we really appreciate the kind words and, and certainly yeah. Fred taking the time to check in with us. So, yeah, thanks, Fred. That was a awesome email, dude. I loved it. Loved it. Thank you, bro. All right. Well, hopefully, as we talk about tonight's episode, we won't confuse you guys even more because this one, it has a lot that I'm still, even after watching it twice and, you know, really thinking about it yeah. and reading about it, I'm still... A little bit confused, but it's episode 207, 17 minutes, written by show creator Brad Wright, who also wrote uh, The Pilot, Travelers, episode 105, which was Room 101, and the season two premiere, episode 201, Ave Machina, directed by Amanda Tapping, who gave us the season finale of season one, Grace, and then episode 204, 1127, and this one aired November 27th. 2017. So before we, you know, get into talking about the episode and I'll let you have the first crack, we, we really had two guest stars, I, I think that are really worth noting. And one was of course, Melissa Roxburgh who plays Carrie, but mm -hmm. the, but the other is Benjamin Charles Watson who plays Lars, the guy on the ground, because you know, the more I watch that episode, the more I, I just feel for him because he doesn't know what the hell's going on. And right. he's watching his two friends. And I, I think it's probably fair to say maybe even his best friends. I mean, plunge to, you know, his death <laughs> a number of times. and But still, he only sees it the one time. I know. I, and that's, again. Still, I mean, not, not to take away from the trauma of that. Right, right, um, and you're right. In the last one, he is—he's kneeled over Carrie's body, bawling, and uh, what, what's the name of that? The, the brother? Oh, I forget. I didn't even write that down. You seriously? Yeah, not the brother's name. I was just playing. It's Wayne, dude. Oh, good point. Maybe maybe I blotted that. See, out I was just—I I was just. So I was just see so I was just pretending there. Oh, okay. So you could fill the void, like you know, like oh, I can't remember the name of the character who's clearly named after me. Good point. Right. Uh, in a in a just I think a nakedly uh, <clears throat> blatant attempt by Amanda Tapping to me for me to name her the first lady of science fiction. Okay. Well, I think it is shameless her behavior. And stooping to this level of thinking that just because she names a character after me, that then I will call her the first lady of science fiction. Okay. I can't be bought like that, Amanda. It's not happening. Okay. I just want to put that out there. Okay. All right. All right. So what did you think? Just so, first reaction. <laughs> my first reaction is, unlike Fred, I kind of dig time loop uh, scenarios. I actually like Groundhog Day. I think it's a hilarious movie. Um but, uh, you know, and, and with this, you start to notice because there are subtle differences even from uh, one, each of those jumps um, that – and you're absolutely right when you said, like, there's still – like, I've watched it twice the first time. I'm glad I did this way. Like, sometimes I take notes the first time around because I'm not sure if I'll be able to watch it again. But this time I, I was ahead of the game enough 
the first time I just sat down and watched it and just enjoyed it. So the second time now, I, I'm like looking for things and noticing things, right? And still feeling like, you know what? This could get a third watch even because there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of details here that are happening. Um, and I love that. I thought it was great. Yeah, just subtle dialogue changes with each iteration. Yeah, I agree with you. It was uh, just, I I really enjoyed it. And I mean, obviously there's a criticism that, oh, they just did it to save money. And well, you know, maybe, maybe not. I mean, it did save money, I'm sure, but still that's okay with me. I'm I'm like you, I I like time loops. But my problem is- I don't think they, they were really able to reuse a lot of footage because- like we said, there there are subtle differences. There's different camera angles. So, well, I guess they still shoot it just the one time with a different. Okay, so maybe they did save a little bit of money, but I don't think that was it. I mean, th- th- this is a valid story, um, and honestly, opens up you know a lot of things to about the faction and about the future that we didn't really know before. Okay. Well, but we'll leave that for them. Okay. And if, there. in fact, this is the faction, which I, I well, think- we don't even, Right. We don't know that. That's I right. think could be debated, but right from the start, great opening scene, the teams assembling for what almost looks like it's a recreational team building exercise. I mean, they've got the little boat and they're all kind of in their casual clothing. There seems to be a looseness and a lightness to their attitudes about everything. Trevor calls it a road trip. He's really excited. That was a great scene, you know, before he and uh, Philip leave the HQ where, where he's just teasing him about being a little kid. And he goes, uh, I don't think he gives him a noogie, but you know, something. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, it was just a wonderful start. It's a very youthful type tossle of Philip's hair. Yeah. I guess. And we learn it's a mission from the director, but the highlight of this whole episode certainly fred mentions it is the team members giving grant a hard time for forgetting his anniversary today uh-huh. which unfortunately for him cat's mother did not forget yeah. right yeah well that's 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 hard that's that's a hard thing man to forget especially the 10th anniversary any of the any of the uh five or ten uh multiples of five or ten then those are those are tough anniversaries to forget yeah. any anniversary uh you're gonna you're you're, you're it's it's not good yeah well i mean what, uh, to forget well there's a lot to like about it I, for me we so rarely see these characters smile and you know certainly with marcy this season we pretty much don't see her smile but and she has yet to do that yeah but everybody else is is in such a good mood they're really getting a lot of enjoyment out of teasing him about the appropriate gifts and they mentioned 10 and he thinks they say 10 and and there's that little play there but well i also think they're they're just happy to be going on what appears to be a milk run you know Exactly. Like this is not it's not gonna be a violence with this. There's no reason we have to expect any kind of which really honestly, they should have kind of expected something, you know? Yeah. Like while it seems like it's a it's a cakewalk at first, like all right, this is let's just I'm just gonna call it the faction with that so we don't have to keep saying sure whoever sure. it was. So it might not be the faction. So let's whatever we say the faction, what we really mean is the faction or whoever else it might be. But we know the faction themselves were like two steps ahead of them just last episode, right? Yeah. Or was it last episode? Two episodes ago. Yeah. I, can't, I don't know. Yeah. And, um, you know, they were, um, you know, like we're all over the uranium like and everything. So why would they not be all over this thing that basically led to the creation of the director, right? Okay. Now, what, what do you mean? Why wouldn't they be all over it? Because if they're trying, well, I mean, why wouldn't they be there to grab this meteorite? Now, right. Now you mean the faction? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, the okay. Sure. Right. Right. So, so, so in, in other, other words, why, why aren't they why, why was them? McLaren's team exactly? Why weren't they on higher alert? Okay. Is is my question? Okay, and that you know? makes sense. Um, 
because you think they should be because this is an important thing they're doing that they treat it like it's not. They treat it like it's a cakewalk, like it's a milk run, and, and you know, right? Because they probably shouldn't have been. I mean, we know they do have weapons, but you know they're standing around the boat. We see the lake. Uh, I, I think it's Trevor's trying to start the boat but we don't really see their weapons visible. I mean, we know they have them because they bring them out later. But yeah, exactly. My problem, you know, this first scene, first of all, it's so jarring because they're clearly all dead in that shot of Philip with the bullet hole on his forehead. Marcy and Carly clearly are dead. And then we cut to the credits. What? So my... But, But you don't buy it though, right? You don't buy it. You're not well, saying, oh my God, they're dead. Like, like well, they're clearly dead, but, you know, th- like this isn't going to stand. You know, th- there's no way they're going to just kill off the entire team and then like, well, here's the new team. Well, well, you know? well, right. But again, as we've brought up a number of times, you know, are they going to do ex machina out of this? I mean, that that's just not acceptable. They've done it a couple of times and I think we're, we're you know, letting that go. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. Here's my problem. I've said this before. When you do something like this, there's clearly like there's a strong shock value there. But yeah, just like you said, then you're well. Would either a you find some crazy plot device that now the people who are clearly dead are suddenly not dead, or you've just killed off all of your stars of your show. Right, you know, which obviously they're not gonna do. So we don't accept it. We know. I like you're sitting there watching. I'm not even like I'm shocked. Obviously, that it happens. You know, you go through the checklist. Like, oh, maybe they're wearing. Everyone's got body armor on, but then you see the hole of Philip's head. And you're like, okay, well, that's body armor doesn't stop that, <laughs> right? And uh, so, but the, you're like, you know, clearly this is gonna be okay in the end. They're gonna be okay. And during the, I don't know if you caught the um, previously on bit but they actually have the quote on there where uh trevor says you know we can only go back as far as the last traveler there's no do-overs right so i'm like well all right so clearly there's going to be some kind of do-over going here on here because um there's no way they've, they've just killed off the all the stars of the television show okay well that, that, that's not gonna happen well, well right of course and 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 again i love the way they take us from warm and fuzzy to a worst case scenario, but as you say, that's really not going to happen. We know that, but I love the way the entire episode plays out like a, like a video game in which the player gets killed, makes the necessary changes, progresses further in the game until finally winning. So my problem with understanding what's going on is, uh, you know, I know we've referred to it several times as a time loop. Okay. Is it a time loop? And I guess, I mean, I understand the concept of a time loop with, you know, for instance, uh, Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. You know, he he wakes up and lives the the, the day over again. So I, I guess that's how we explain the fact that they get killed in each scenario up until the final one. And I certainly understand everything that's going on with Carrie that, that she goes through. She gets killed. They uh, dump another consciousness in her. But I, I just got a little confused there because I'm wondering, are these simulations or does the timeline change each time? You know, no, I, the timeline. Yeah, the timeline. So what they're doing is they're just sending in each time one traveler fails, they send in the next one to go in right after the one before. So that's why Carrie ultimately can't even move when she hits the ground because she has five people in her head. Right. And it's too much. She can't she can't handle it. Okay. Anymore. And that's when they have to go to the other character. What was his name again? Wayne. No. Yeah, oh Wayne, right. <laughs> see see that's what was supposed to happen before, Dave. Okay. Right. So uh so that's why they, they couldn't use Carrie anymore because she already had like five people in her and she couldn't handle it anymore. So they had to go to Wayne and um who is you know despite they that that ninth traveler going in it's still in even though Wayne gets killed um they send the other traveler into the trucker and it's the same still the same timeline so you know traveler 5008 
who goes into Wayne survives ultimately, and Trailer Five Oh Nine also survives, who, who's in the trucker. Okay. Now the title of the episode, seventeen minutes, I, I assume refers to this window of opportunity that they have because I guess right. they can keep trying up until the time the meteor actually splashes down. So well, probably they have, I mean, you think about it, like the time that they have is really the time between when 5001 for, because the 5002 has to go in after 5001 arrived. Right. So you think every time that's the second that Carrie and Wayne are getting closer to the ground. So really that window that they have is that window of time that it takes between when 5001 enters Carrie or Wayne or 5008 enters Wayne and the time they have until they have to deploy their shoots to still survive. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot. Yeah. Uh, obviously, GoPros are the key to all this because that's how the director is getting his historical data because there's a digital record of it. But then right. I think the fundamental question of all of this revolves around the identity of the frogmen. I mean, yes. Are they faction or are they Vincent's men? Isn't that big guy Vincent's guy? You know, the guy oh. with the black van and the machine gun. Yeah. I thought he was one of Vincent's guys. Right? Uh. Right? When they first go to uh the, the guy who who like the the guy who yeah, by the van who's who's all killing yeah no he was just in this one. Oh, okay okay well then then i'm gonna but, i'm gonna lean more heavily that, to it, the faction side but but you're you're right though i mean that's that's totally possible though well okay so vincent would know would, would vincent know that yeah he would know that future right everyone knew that right that that the about the um it, it seems like it's common knowledge about the uh the element that was found there and what that led to. Right. But I mean, the faction in right. the future is basically out of the game, right? So right. the faction in the 21st, I mean, certainly they weren't all overwritten the way Forbes was right. and, and the way Jenny was. We know there are still some of them. So so is this, you know, their attempt to, you know, get this meteor? Uh, that's possible. Is Vincent... Yeah, yeah. Is Vincent still involved? Is he working with? I mean, I think there's a lot of possibilities still out there. The, the the only thing that I would say of Vincent's non-involvement was the fact that that guy killed the trucker, right? Because that was a bad move. That opened the door for the director to then take over that guy. You know. Right, because he got killed in that. Because he got killed in, in that iteration right. of the. They only. They only. And you, you notice, like Wayne's not a possibility until he gets killed, because he knocks. He he runs into Carrie, and uh, gets knocked unconscious, and then falls to the ground, but and dies. But is the director playing fast and loose with? I believe it's Protocol Three. Is that the, don't take a life. Don't save a right. life. No, well, because all these, because like I actually, the second time I was watching it, that's what I wanted to see. Like, did Carrie headbutt Wayne to kill him so that they had the possibility? But no, he, because she's freaking out because the traveler's entering her brain, he like kind of floats over towards her and he's he runs into her. And so it's his doing. Okay. But I mean, so, but I so mean, the only they reason- did not cause him to die. He 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 died because of an accident, right? But the only reason the truck driver dies is because of multiple iterations of this this scenario, right? I mean, yeah, but they didn't. It's not like they meant for him to die. Like, and and the truck driver is the one who made the call of parking his truck there yeah. and then and not moving. When the the guard comes up with the big machine gun and acting like the other guys being a jerk, dude, you're blocking the whole road. But yeah, but right. And, and to be fair, he grabs his shotgun. So when you know the big guy opens the door, he sees a guy holding a shotgun, and you know he just yeah. reacts. So uh, 
Um, so, so, so as far as the director playing fast and loose, like, you know, like this episode has me more convinced that director is not necessarily omniscient. You know, I think before we'd pondered, like, did the director intend for all this to happen? And clearly no, because here it takes, if the director was on top of its game, then it wouldn't take nine travelers to get this worked out. Right, you wouldn't but think. But the director's not on top of 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 the game, and um, and can't because time changes every time, and and it's right. funny because the causality that's involved here is every time. So here's here's was my question. This is this is actually a crazy thing. I was thinking about after I watched it the first time. I was like, wait, how come when five oh oh two comes? That's the second person that comes into carry. How come when five oh two? enters Carrie, why does Lars have the keys? And the first time, he was hanging out, eating a sandwich on the hood of the car, and the keys were in the in the car still. Right. Right? But the second time, Carrie has, and this is what screws up 5002, because she has to run all the way to the car, realizes the keys aren't there. She has to come all the way back to get the keys from Lars, then go back, and now she's behind time. Right? Okay. So, um... And I realized, oh, it's because with 502, that second time, that's when Wayne butts heads with her and dies. And so Lars, when he sees Wayne falling, he grabs the keys and steps out. So now we see that that changing events are changing other things, right? Because the first time around, Wayne didn't come over. They didn't butt heads. Wayne doesn't die. The second time, Wayne gets knocked out. He gets knocked unconscious, doesn't deploy a chute, falls and dies. Lars grabs the keys, runs over to Wayne. Carrie goes to the car. The keys aren't there like they were the first time around. So now things have changed already because of subtle difference. Well, I mean, Wayne's dying is not a subtle difference, but, you know, so just it's this causality, one thing after another. Okay. I just thought it was cool. No, it is cool. And, and I mean, it, it really, I mean, it's the beauty and the curse of time travel and of time loops and things like that because they really are correct difficult to wrap your head around at some point you know we see Stephen lobo's character agent wakefield and we hear for the first time about protocol alpha you know that that he gets that call invoking protocol alpha which i assume means the highest priority possible um, it's like a traveler red ball. Yeah. So, um, and, and of course he, you know, leaps into action, but he really doesn't have any assets that can get there quickly enough. So we do know that he, now he is, fa- well, I'm trying to think he's not faction, right? No, no. He's- well, he was, I think he was because he was one of those guys, but then they got reset. Okay. Okay. Well, I think. Well, well. Later on, we hear him talking to that other agent that that comes into the room, and they're discussing what's going on with the Fraser meteor landing in a dry lake bed. Except that it's not dry at this point in time. So, here, here's I guess where it gets a little fuzzy for me. And it sounds like, fortunately, you thought all this stuff out because they tell us that the meteor historically landed. 50 years in the future, 2068. Okay. And that when it landed, then it landed in a dry lake bed. Okay. So why? No. no, 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 no. It lands now, but it's not found until 50 years later. Oh, it's not found because the, they didn't the lake know dries it was. Up. I got you. Oh, okay. That. Yeah, yeah. See, I knew, I knew you'd have me covered there. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm on it, bro. All right. So, uh, of course, we find out that it contains rare elements that lead to the technology, which in turn leads to the development of the director. You know, as you said, and I think we've talked a lot about how all this transpired uh, with Carrie, and we see the digital display and the whole mission fail, 5001, and then status retry and all of that. So, fairly easily catch on to what's going on here. I would suspect most viewers of Travelers have you know, a fair amount of experience with time loops in their TV and movie watching. So, sure. so uh, This is not really a time loop, though. But yeah. Okay. Um, 
Well, what is it? I mean, what would you call it? Just, just I mean, like it's, it, it's, it's the timeline that this is like the the power of the future being able to alter timelines, right? Okay. So time is still moving in a linear fashion. It's not bending back on itself or anything. It's still moving in a linear fashion. Um, it's just that uh, you know each time you know they're sending in traveler after traveler after traveler, and they have um, and they have to do it quickly. To, yeah, to, you know, so that you know, but and, and I guess a the people that are going into are falling, and b they got seventeen minutes. Oh, right? right, but I guess what I'm getting at, and and again, what's confusing? Okay, so so like the the first try fails. Okay, so they you know virtually yeah. immediately send the second traveler into uh, the host body, which is Carrie at this point, and now you know our host team, Mac and, and all his people they're back alive again right so yeah i, I but, the, but they're not they're not alive again they, they were still alive then okay it's the same line okay they've just gone back in time so to when they were still alive okay right and and, and we get to that one point where they go back all the way to the point where they stop for gas right well that, that's just that's just narrative okay that's just telling that, that's just telling us information that we didn't know before okay so that's not, they're not resetting it all the way back to then. They're just giving us extra stuff so we can see more of the story. Well, right. Because, you know, yeah. at one point when Mac actually recognizes Carrie, we're right. like, well, what? How does he recognize Carrie? And then, so, you know, we, right. we need that scene to explain that. But, okay. I think, hold on. I'm trying to figure which one he, uh, I think it's five oh oh three that that he recognizes, right? But we don't find out until you know much later in, in the episode. Yes, five oh oh three. So. Right, right. So yeah, because he looks and says Carrie, and we're like, wait, how does he know Carrie? You know, <laughs> exactly. And then we like later on we find out how he knows Carrie because they ran into each other at the uh, at the gas station. Right. So, uh, isn't she a little young for you? And I'm married. <laughs> great exchange so when when we talk about what's the point of all this i mean obviously the point is to protect you know the the precious element that is contained in this meteor so you know they're they're we assume going to go out and get the meteor and and then what so we don't know what their instructions were from the director and we and we get to the end of the episode and, go, go park it right next to the uranium. Yeah, I guess. So and, we could pick it up whenever. <laughs> and, but right at the very end, don't don't they say that the director has another job for us? But yeah, but we certainly don't find out what that is yet. Right. Well, it's just like the was it the last episode where the little kid shows up, you know, with their next mission, and it's like you know, which is dun dun dun, and we assume yeah. that was this mission that that they were on here. Right. Yes. But uh, all right. Well. You know, a secondary story, yeah, I don't want to say not as important, but it's not as important. But but that's, you know, what's going on with Marcy and her malaise and, and Mac trying to counsel her a little bit. And, you know, we even see different versions of that, you know, albeit for the most part the same. But he confronts her and it seems that he didn't know that she knows Marcy 2.0 didn't want to be reset. And right. I, I like the fact that he tells her, you know, it might've been a mistake not telling you, I thought I was doing it for the best. And I love the fact that she could accept that. It, at least it seemed in that scene, as opposed to, you know, going ballistic, you know, how dare you? And, and, you know, the kind of scene we've, yeah. or reaction we, we see, you know, in any of a number of stories. But the, yeah, cause she's because we the way like we think she's kind of like acting a little like snippy and like you know pull that you know you know that that rat out of your ass for crying out loud. But but then I guess you realize that like you know you, you get this feeling that nobody likes me, you know, <laughs> which like uh, Carly kind of confirmed earlier. You know that well yeah we really like the old Marcy and we miss her and we don't like you quite as much. So sorry. Yeah. And that's like the best they could offer her, and and the, obviously that's tough to 
deal with, you know? Right. Now, does Mac, as the team leader, have the right to have kept that from her? So I don't know that I have. Sure. Okay. And, and I, I would lean in that direction because I, I certainly see the other side of the coin that, you know, she certainly has the right to know, but, you know, they're on a mission. Does, does she need to know? Is it, is it? Yeah, right. They're on mission, right? Right. This, everything's on a need to know basis. And that's not something you really need to know. What you, you know, you, we need to, and they've been pretty much on mission since she's returned. They haven't really had lots of downtime. I mean, remember she went to have dinner uh, with David and had to bolt after about, you know, two minutes. So, right. Um, I mean, they really haven't had time to reflect. And, and, you know, it's funny because like, this is their time to reflect. Like Grant's just like, ah, they're okay. They can handle it. Let's just, let's just, we have this moment now. We finally have, and you know, from a person with four kids, I, I, I know what he, under, I understand that, you know, like we have this moment, this window where we can actually talk to one another. Let's do it while we can, because who knows, probably we're going to be really busy running around being shot at and stuff soon. So let's, you know, take this time. Right. And she articulates, I, I think, much more clearly than, you know, we, we've heard in the past, that she just doesn't feel whole as if something's missing. And, and of course, we know something's missing. What exactly it is, at this point, it seems only Grace knows. and Or David. Or, or no, David doesn't know. <laughs> Uh, so that might be what she's missing. He tells her the story. If you get what I mean, yeah, I know. About when he was dying <laughs> in that plane crash, and she was pumping nanites into him, and he tells her how he hung on by accessing fragments of memory of his love for Catherine. And of course, her first reaction is that's not possible. And he says, "Yeah, I mean, yeah." We certainly talked about this concept when we were talking about Dollhouse. There are residual memories there, no matter what Topher says. And, right. <laughs> and, and he's trying to, I think, get across to her that she may have to try to see if any of those memories that Grace clearly excised might still be hanging around. And maybe you can grab onto them and maybe you can then take one step at a time to regain what is missing. Yeah. Well, you know, Grace didn't excise those memories, right? Like old well, Marcy is still in there. Well, what as I understand it, what she was just written over. Well, right, but what Grace did cuz but remember, I mean, she had you know, some sort of a medical issue that was what was going to kill her and that what Grace did was send you know, uh, I guess Marcy 2.0 you know, back to the future. I think they use the word repackage and move things around and, and take out the bad so that now she'll be healthy. So what did she take out? That's the question. I think she took something out. The question is whether she deliberately chose what to leave out for personal reasons. Um, you know, I, 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 because I, I don't think she really even she didn't really know her that well then. They had, she had just met her. Um, I think Grace. If if we know Grace, we'd have to think that she was very clinical. Because even when she's making like stupid mistake, like when she does the whole thing with uh, putting the nanites into Jenny, like that was that was dumb but it was a clinical decision it wasn't a personal one she wasn't trying to get revenge or anything like that she just thought this is a better idea let's try this out you know and and marcy wasn't willing to do it so she just went ahead and and did it um so i you know uh, from what we know of grace we'd have to think that the decisions she made as to what to keep and what to take out were clinical decisions um it doesn't help marcy any doesn't really help Marcy now um, because she definitely feels like the, the law, the lacking or the loss of, of whatever it was that, uh, that Grace kept out. Okay. See, I, but I'm going to have to disagree. Old Grace I, is I still mean, in there. Well, well don't, see, I just right. think there's some, don't think I think there's some ulterior right? motive. Well, I don't know. Okay. Right, so I possible. guess we'll see. Possible. It's possible. But I, I will admit that it's possible, however unlikely, as as they say in Star Wars. Right. But it does seem that what Marcy is missing 
is emotion, right? The, yeah. That that <laughs> you know that that human connection, right? right. Yes, the ability yes, to absolutely. love, if you will. So yeah, like a soul. I, I, I don't know, and I like the way Grant approached it that, you know, I'm just kind of giving you hints. I'm just trying to push you in a direction that might work for you. Uh, and, and she says, well, how? You're the doctor. You, you know, figure it out. But Well, I think basically she needs to get inside a big plane and then have the plane crash, and, and then that's probably how, how you get there. Okay. Well, that could be. So that's how granted it's like, I wouldn't recommend the method I took. <laughs> There's probably a safer way to do it. Yeah. You're probably right. So, all right. And, and then the third, but the point, but the point is I'm trying to say is that Marcy 2.0 is in there. And like what he's saying is you, all you have to do is like, well, not all, but you know, if you can find a way to access, like her memories are probably still in there banging around, you can get there. And because like when, when he did that, he kind of became Grant. Yes, he right? did. Yep. Like we talked about how he like, like he says he loves Cat now. Like he could have cared less about Cat because he was Bone and Carly. Not, I shouldn't say he could have cared, couldn't care less about Cat, but he he didn't have any feelings for her. And then after that experience, he has very strong feelings for her. So much so that he he's breaking protocol uh, to give her a child. Right. Sure. Although you could argue it was accidental, although I guess then you could also argue that if it if it weren't for Marcy intervening, but yeah, we don't right because if he didn't if he didn't care about Cat, why would he have Marcy intervene? I mean that's the breaking protocol right there. Right? Sure, I, I don't mean the actual thing that gave her the child in the first place because you're right that was a drunken encounter, right? But um, but the the fact that he wants to protect the child and help her carry out and, and has broken the rules has has had Marcy break break the rules um, shows how much he how much he cares about her. And the interesting thing about the the scenes with Catherine is that ordinarily I think we would really feel for her. You know that it's your wedding. I, I'm sorry, it's your anniversary. You're pregnant, you know, you and your husband are you just kind of reconciling after a little rough patch. It's your and here he doesn't even respond to your texts or your messages, and each one gets a little bit angrier and angrier and and, and yeah. you know Well, which is slightly understandable, it, right? Exactly. Well, not just slightly. No, well, it's very understandable. Well, we we did that twenty first century female workshop, so we, so we know. Um, yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. I'm like, listen, dude, this is like universal female and male behavior, right? There's no, it's not like women just started getting pissed off in the 21st century because it, when men forgot their anniversary. Well, that's been happening since the first caveman. Well, yeah, but yeah. I would disagree in that the little bit we found out about whether 23rd, 24th century that they're from, the things have been bleak for so long that they just don't have time for that stuff anymore. I mean, that, that's the way I read that. But I love... Yeah, I was about to jump on you for disagreeing with me again, but I actually have to... That's a fair point that you made there. So You're right. That the I, I was thinking about the past, but you're thinking about the future, and that's absolutely correct. And that in the future, you're right. They don't probably don't even care about things. I don't even know if people get married in the future, right? Right. right. We, do, we don't know. But I love Catherine's final... I, I think it might have been her final one. Uh, she leaves a message, and you better be shopping at a jewelry store that gets shitty reception. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you know, I really hope they address this next episode. But the previews, which I accidentally saw, I didn't. I usually try to not see them. Kind of lead to something much bigger than Mac. Uh, you know, trying to. Uh, plead for his all right stop stop it well i'm just saying i'm not gonna tell you any specifics but uh, there wasn't anything about him pleading for his marital life let's just say that so i'll leave it at that all right anything else you want to bring up i'm i'm really glad you know you definitely cleared a few things up for me that uh i just couldn't yeah especially that that 68 year thing that was really but oh that makes perfect sense what you said yeah so here's something i was thinking about uh after i watched it the second time so 
again, I, I know we're assuming that this is the faction, though not it's not necessarily a faction, but whoever it is, it, it, they're willing. It, I mean, if it's the faction, the faction is basically willing to destroy themselves with this mission. If they succeed and they take this material and the directors never created and the traveler program never happens. Well, if the traveler program doesn't happen, then area 41 collapses because they never stop that meteor or whatever. So area 41 goes down, which means there's no faction. Okay. But right. Okay. So if, if this is the faction, well again, but the faction is now running on radio silence. Like basically now they just have flying columns of, or sleeper cells or whatever that are working on their own recognizance because they're, they're, there's no connection with the future anymore for any of the faction. Okay, but they already dealt right? with Helios. That's in the past. But, but if someone does something today that causes the, the director not to occur in the future then the director can't send back McLaren's team to stop Helios. Therefore, Helios doesn't get stopped. Okay. Right? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. You see what you, you can you follow? I, I am following. I guess you know, I like, would. Like in order for Helios to be, in order for Helios to be stopped, there has, McLaren's got to be there. For McLaren to be there, there has to be a faction. Well, yeah, but how far back do we there to be? Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the, there has to be a director. Okay. So then, because it's, 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 they'd be changing. They're they're in the past, but they're going to change the future. Okay, now uh, I, I'm not employing the word argue here because I'm not arguing with you. I'm just I'm really just trying okay. to, to wrap my head around it. So, okay, are you saying then that the grandfather paradox, so to speak, would be in play here? Because I guess I would un- I would argue that if they can only come back to the most recent traveler, well, they took care of Helios, you know, how many weeks or months ago so that that's already out of the equation so that the earth is not going to be destroyed. I don't think it is. Okay. But if you, if you, if you destroy the, and this is actually now when I think about even with the uranium and everything, because if you just, well, actually with the uranium was to keep them from bringing the director back online after it'd gone offline. Right. Okay. Did I say helium or uranium? You said uranium. Okay, okay uranium. Because I got helios and uranium in my head at the same time. Like they're like two different travelers on top of each other. Okay, so so when they took the uranium, that wasn't to prevent the the director from ever existing. They were taking it so it couldn't exist any longer in the future. But this thing taking the mineral, that's going to prevent the director from ever existing. Okay. So it's just like with Helios. I mean, they stopped Helios. So now it, what had previously happened in the future was Area 41 had collapsed and, and everyone there was killed. But now for some reason it doesn't. And now we have the faction. So the faction's whole existence was birthed out of Grant's team changing the past. So if someone prevents the the director from ever happening, then that's going to change Everything, right? All the it's 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 again, so it's causality. Everything that happened because of the director will be out of existence. So I guess, kind of, yeah, we're talking about the grandmother clauses, in effect, kind of. I guess. Okay. All right. But yeah, could because yeah, because by by changing the Helios, they changed the future, right? Yeah, I, I would certainly think. I guess we'll hopefully get more clarity in, in upcoming episodes. I mean, we don't have too yeah. many more to go, but um, how many more do we get, have to go? By the way, is it ten? Uh, I believe there are twelve. They have ten. Well, they had twelve okay. last year, and so I think there are twelve. There yeah, could be thirteen. Remember. Definitely more than cool. ten. Cool, cool, cool. But but so I mean, that's just that's what like that's uh, I mean that's what I love about like time travel shows or, or show like this. So they really like. Now you're there's like some really crazy stuff that I'm questioning right now. Yeah, which then maybe maybe this isn't the faction, right? Right. Maybe this is some other group that doesn't want any of these guys. They don't want the travelers. They don't want the faction or anything. They don't want anything that's anything to do with the director. 
So they're going to try and destroy the director before it occurs. Right. I mean, I keep going back to Vincent. I mean, I just find it difficult to believe that we're finished with Vincent. Well, you know, maybe this is Vincent then, because right. isn't that something Vincent would want, right? Yes. Yes. 12 episodes, by the way, I just checked. Okay. So. But then Vincent, if there's no director, Vincent doesn't get sent back. True. So Vincent goes back to the future, if I could use such a title. Does the director even care about Vincent anymore? Well, that's I mean, a good question. I mean, is Vincent just unduly paranoid? Well, not necessarily unduly paranoid as, you know, like his wife was killed because uh, after she took a, a, a picture of him or whatever. So um, so I don't think his, his paranoia is... is I don't think he's unduly paranoid. Okay. Um, he's totally duly paranoid. But, uh, you know, could he pull something like this off? Yes, he could. He's definitely got the resources to do it. Um, but the thing is, if we're going on this causality, you know, um, theory here, then if he prevents the director from happening, director never sends him back to New York in 2001, so then he stays in the future. However it might be, at the top. Now, he might be of the opinion that, you know, anything is better than what we got now. And so I'm going to destroy the director and let the future be as it should be. So I don't know. Sounds good. There's a lot of stuff going on. There here. is a lot of stuff going on. So, all right. Well, you want to leave it there or is there something else? Oh, just one more thing. Like, why did it take them so long to think, hey, there's a motorcycle here. Why don't I take that? And then why does Wayne stop using the motorcycle and run? Like he's got a dirt bike going through the woods on dirt. Why doesn't he ride the motorcycle all the way down to the team, which is certainly getting there quicker than running? That's very frustrating for me. Yeah, I just wonder whether there was just too much debris maybe in the woods. I don't know. But yeah, good point. Yeah, you know, maybe. But I'm just saying, you know, and like you know, Carrie passed up the the motorcycle twice. You know, the one time she got attacked by a dog, the other time she like faked the dog out to steal the truck. Like, why are you taking the truck when there's a motorcycle there? True. You know, but maybe she wasn't trained, and I don't know. So that's just something. I think that might be it. All right, well, a lot to think about, a lot to make your brain hurt. Certainly cleared up a lot for me this week, so I appreciate that, man. That, that, yeah, no problem. That definitely helps a lot, and I guess at the end, they, they got to tell us what they did with it, and I hope they don't end up trusting it to somebody that shouldn't be trusted. So I, I guess we'll see, but... All right, right. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. We could keep going for another 10 or 20 minutes. So I want to thank you guys <laughs> for joining us. Love to hear what you think about anything going on in genre TV, travelers in particular. And, and again, I mean, this stuff that's going on now really uh, cries out for you guys to throw us your theories on this, you know, either through email or on the Facebook group. Uh, if you haven't joined it yet, join it share your thoughts with the sci-fi tv rewatch community if you're already a member spread the word emails as we always say sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com voicemails via the speak pipe tab and we'll be back next week to talk about season two episode eight of travelers titled travelers 0027 but until then so i, I used to work at this clothing store right with this guy gary and uh, and Gary just would not use him, his employee discount, like, ever. Like, I couldn't figure it out. And so one day my boss kind of came up to me. He's like, wait, what's what's the deal with Gary and, and the employee discount? And all I could say is, you know, Gary paid a heavy price, boss. 